from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. Michelle, that was on time. It's Bam. the Tiny House Podcast. I'm Perry. Hey, this is MJ. And this is Mark. We're trying to clap. We're trying to clap. Oh, Jiminy so Christmas. Jiminy Christmas. Speaking um, of Christmas. No, speaking no, of Christmas. sorry. No, 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 not bad. <laughs> Mark's pet peeve. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our timing issue. Yes, the timing issue. So, um, great show just a few minutes ago, and we're going into another good one now. Mm-hmm. Um Weather outside is frightful. <laughs> but the chocolate is so it delightful. Is delightful. Ooh. Well, what okay. What well, we just, we just say that, that Michelle gave us a gift. Oh, yeah, Michelle. We don't have to tie it to any date. That's correct. Gave Mich- us a wonderful gift. Michelle graced us with Mark and I with these wonderful packages of <laughs> chocolate shaped like a Bigfoot foot. Oh, why big is foot that, paw. Mark? Why is that? Yeah, why because is that? we're recording in the... Part of downtown Portland. With big, 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 big. Anyway, and uh, so it's in Bigfoot Podcast Studio. Yeah. So it does tie in. Yeah. yeah. Very, very cool. Very, very thoughtful. thoughtful gift. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, there was a time when I would have marveled over all the chocolate because I was a chocolate hound. But these days, and Michelle even recognized that I don't really eat much confection anymore. And so the Bigfoot paw is going to sit on my counter alongside the broken Christmas Bigfoot ornament that Mark gave me last year. It's in a hundred pieces. <clears throat> yeah. Oh. It fell off the window seal, not knowing. I thought it was plastic, uh, but it was It's wasn't. like a ceramic. It, yeah, it's a ceramic. And it's thing. a Christmas tree ornament, and the Bigfoot's got like the Christmas trees, kind of like bullets over his shoulder. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> and it was, you know, this cute little thing, yeah. and this company makes three of them. Then they make a $150 one that's like two feet. <laughs> then they make a $1,500 one oh that's like God. four feet. Oh, my which, gosh. If it didn't burst into a billion pieces, might be. Cool. Yeah. Exactly. Well, the one thing that, uh, you know, everywhere I go now, I see Bigfoot. It, it's amazing, you know, like it's the one yeah. thing. It's like, I'm constantly seeing Bigfoot um, bumper stickers. Uh-huh. And of course, in this case, Bigfoot, you know, candy and statues and keychains. I mean, like even in, believe it or not, even in Disney World. Um, yeah, it, <laughs> wow. it's just crazy. That one little thing that you sort of, Keep an eye out yeah. for it. Well, it's like buying a car, seeing anybody else driving it, but it's Bigfoot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> well, it's interesting because that myth will never go away. He's in Geico commercials. He's all yeah. over mm-hmm. the place. I saw my favorite bumper sticker was pretty recently. It said, Bigfoot doesn't believe in you either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bigfoot doesn't believe well, We saw a place up in Mount Hood. Remember, <clears throat> you swung by and, and took a picture of this guy that does Wood carving, oh, yeah. right. bears right. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Right. But he's got a really cool, like a four or five foot Bigfoot guy you could get. But yeah, didn't I price? I stopped mm-hmm. by. Yeah. I think it was like five thousand bucks or something. Five thousand dollars. Oh, it was ridiculous. It was, it was a was chunk of money. Yeah. Maybe we'd give a sponsor the show for a trade. <laughs> Where would we put it in our <laughs> tiny house? Yeah, it would, well, it would not fit at all. Hang it from the roof. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of things that are difficult to fit in tiny houses. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Our guest today lives in uh, a tiny house herself. One of the smaller ones, I have to admit. Um, She's also recently dipped her toe into the tiny house festivals. So we're going to hear a story about that today. 
And um, if that, you know, she reminds me of myself. If that wasn't enough, um, she's also <laughs> building another tiny house. So we're going to talk today. Thank you very much for joining us. Please welcome, join me in welcoming Renee McLaughlin to the podcast. Welcome to the show, Renee. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Hey. hey. So we, uh, we have had the opportunity to meet several times um, at recent festivals. And um, we even had breakfast. That was really fun. I <laughs> was appreciate that. Was it granola that. and yogurt? No. What you, I think she had French toast, right, Renee? I think so. I can kind of picture where I sat. Don't remember the name of the joint down there at the National Tiny House Chambery this October. Yeah. But I remember hanging out with you and Pam, and it was such a lovely morning. Yeah, it was. We went to this little 50s diner. Oh, cool. And I got to hear the background story. So let's actually start with that story. This year, uh, 2017, you were the brains and the brawn and everything else behind Tiny House Midfest. Tiny Fest Midwest. There we go. Tiny Fest Midwest. That's what was the name of it. So tell us a little bit about how you came to the tiny house industry. And then tell us what were you thinking when you decided to get into the festival side of it? Okay. Um, <laughs> so just to be completely honest, there was a dog outside my door whining and it was just totally distracting me. So That's I sort okay. of missed two questions. But <laughs> I think one was... How did I get into the Tiny House Festival thing? Yeah, well, the first right? one was, let, tell us a little bit about your story of coming in, discovering the Tiny House movement in general. Like, okay. um, gotcha. let's start kind of gotcha. way back, I presume. And then the part two of that question is, why are you crazy enough to get in the festival side of things? Oh my gosh, why am I crazy enough has been a question for a long time. <laughs> that's a that's a good one. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm easily distracted. That might be why I'm crazy enough. <laughs> right, right there. Um, you know, I get asked a lot, how did I get interested in tiny houses? And I just don't have this awesome answer. Like I don't remember some magical moment where I first saw a tiny house, right? Where the where the unicorns and, and fairy dust fell down and oh, there it was. Um, but I do remember that it was, oh, you know, it was like early 2015 and I just remember seeing them on YouTube, right? So I'm watching Tiny House Giant Journey a lot on YouTube and seeing different tiny houses. And I remember that there were a lot of things that came together in my life to make it a good fit for me. First and foremost, I really like architecture and mostly that kind of historic architecture. I had done some work in historic preservation planning. And so I loved seeing these little miniature models of that had the features that I liked from from those homes. And the other aspects that come along with it, right, the, the eco friendly, the living intentionally, um, the the mobility was a big one for me. I I used to live in Alaska. Um, I mean, I live in Iowa, by the way, I mean, Midwest girl grew up in Iowa and, um, I did spend some time on an Island in Alaska and then back to Iowa and then back to Alaska. And I lived in Oregon for six months and then back to Iowa. So I, I'd had the, the kind of gypsy, my family calls me their little gypsy girl. Um, so I kind of had that movement going on. So that was great. And so a lot of things kind of fell together and, um, Thinking that you would ask me this question, I thought, that's not a very good answer. Come on, Renee. Really, really, what, <laughs> what was the reason, you know? And 
I can say that that's pretty much the reason that I started liking them. But what I discovered when I was asking myself to really, you know, kind of digging deep is what pushed me forward as far as, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I like tiny house, I like tiny house. And you could could like a tiny house movement for years and Mm -hmm. never get a tiny house. Mm -hmm. But really what compelled me forward was I'd have to say that the need to control my life a little more at the time and to, and to feel like I was in control. Right. So I'd had a lot of kind of losses going on. I'd, I'd, what I would say is I lost a house. It went into short sale. It was a really negative experience. I was forced to, um, you know, sell it from my ex-husband, blah, blah, blah. All this, you know, it felt like a loss and a failure. And then, and then my daughter moved off to college and it was like my, my youngest, bye, see you later, empty house. And I felt like lost out of my life and empty. And <clears throat> about a few weeks later, the, the love of my life up and left one day, like you, like you hear about on TV where they just suddenly you go to work one day and then you come back and they're gone. <laughs> so that was a loss. And I was like, <sighs> I was talking to a coworker. They said, this is time for you to do what you want. You know, you, you were a mom, you were, you know, you were a spouse, you were a girlfriend. It, it's you now. What do you want? And I was like, I want a tiny house, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I want what I want like a child. I want a tiny house, but I used it as a way to, to have control. Like you can't take this house from me. I paid for it. The bank can't take it. Nobody else's name on it. Nobody can tell me what I have to do with my tiny house. Now, right there, I can hear a million people going, oh, yeah, the city can. <laughs> they can tell you to prove it. But I did get clearance from, from my um, county to, to where to put it. But it was like putting up walls, you know. And also, you can't leave me alone in my house because guess what? There's no room for you. It's, a team. <laughs> it's only 87 square feet. It is just for me. And you can't come in was kind of my mentality, like putting up walls, right? Like you can't my heart if I don't give it to you Mm. so maybe not the right reasons to do something but I needed at the time and uh and so that really helped compel me forward into my tiny house journey and it wasn't very long at all before I I had my tiny house and from there I've been able to like grow in positive ways and let those things go and and so much more like I just feel like so much more ways that I've grown and become a, a better person really for for the time that I've been in my tiny house so it, it may have started out for the wrong reasons sort of but it went in the right direction let's put it that way so Perry has a question for you about before we get to him I just want to make a one quick comment you've used a lot of the exact same verbiage that I used so mm-hmm. I, I don't think that your explanation or your history or anything has any did anything to do with right or wrong or inspired or not or aha moment or anything like that. You, it, it, what's interesting is you use the term never going to, you know, no one can take it from me. It's almost, mm-hmm. this is exactly what I tell people after having been married twice, divorced twice, built two houses, lost two houses. Um, so I, I find comfort and relativity in your, in your story. It's something that I, that I definitely share with you. It seems like a, a, re, a common, um, a, 
I don't want to use the word normal. It seems like a, a reaction that would be consistent with someone who's had those kind of losses, mm-hmm. especially a string of them, in, especially mm-hmm. relative to relationships. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like it would be unusual at all. And it's funny that, you know, people will often refer to me as a control freak. And I think it just comes from an overall desire to be in control because I've had so many opportunities to not feel that way. So they do use the word control then? Yes. (laughs) Something to throw at him. Where's that gift that you gave me? (laughs) So, um, So what were you doing, Renee, when you were doing all that traveling back and forth between Iowa and Oregon and Alaska, what were you doing? Um, I was working to keep my family together. Basically it wasn't a job that was taking me. So I, I, I was doing one job and then another and then moving here. And, um, you know, I was kind of, I had gotten, I had gone to Alaska with, um, my husband and my two kids Ah. and, I did get divorced while I was up there. So a lot of that afterwards was bouncing back, regrouping life, trying to, you know, trying to keep us together and to keep um, my family in a, in a good situation and my girls, you know, together. So um, yeah, that was, so that was that work wise. I've just, I used to be a photographer actually is what most people knew me as for like 20 years. I was a professional photographer. Um, And then when I moved to Alaska, I said, Hey, I think there's probably some other cool jobs out there. You know, I did a few in college, like maybe let's uh, try some new things. So since then I've done quite a variety of things and I just kind of see something new, tackle it and say, Hey, this could be, this could be cool. What's a great way to learn something is to do it. Mm -hmm. And you are really good at segues because we just kind of segued into the festival, which is the second part of the question. (laughs) Good job. Yeah. But that's what kind of got me, um, led me to the, to being involved in festivals is I wanted to go to the tiny house jamboree. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd already spent some money to go into Oregon. I went to Oregon, took a trip, did what I call the tiny house trifecta. I went to the, um, live large, build small conference. I went to a D Williams workshop and then I stayed at, um, caravan, which was, you know, at the oh. time, the only tiny house hotel mm-hmm. there. Um, so tiny digs wasn't around yet, but the, so anyway, that was my little, I'd spent my money. Let's put it that way. Spent <laughs> my money. That? So how am I going to make this trip to California, to Colorado? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if I start a little business, I can go there and sell something and pay for it. So when was I that? also at the time one, oh, sorry, go ahead. When was that? Um, 2016. Okay. So last year. Yeah. I'd, I was already living in my tiny house at that time and I wanted to take it out there. So, um, but I also, I was, I was, um, taking college classes, working on a second degree and I wanted to learn more about, um, social media marketing, e-commerce, these things that were not around the first time I went to college. So, um, so I did all that, right. I guess just started a little business. I learned, I set up a website, learned how to make a website sold some t-shirts online and I went out to Colorado and sold uh, t-shirts and I made them enough to pay for my trip. So it was kind of, kind of fun. And that's how I got into that. And everything just seems to like evolve from that first trip to the festival and seeing what that was like and meeting other people. 
just step by step, it evolved into doing my own festival in the Midwest. Well, so wait a second. How does how does selling T-shirts uh, take you to wanting to do your own festival in the Midwest? She did the math. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute. Well, if I no, can make this I much money by selling... To pay for my trip. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't exactly. have a lot of expenses on that trip, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, one thing is I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed meeting the people. Um, we had a great time at my booth. A friend of mine went with me. We, um, If you were there, you probably had a tiny on temporary tattoo on your body because we put them on a million people it seemed like Mm -hmm. um and just had a great time and i i saw the benefits of people coming together and i felt like i'd found my people right my tribe then i went to another little fundraiser in wisconsin again i sold t-shirts i paid for my trip i met some more you know local people i get that we need to do this in the midwest you know i felt like a fish out of water so to speak because i i didn't know other people that were like-minded in my rural farming community town in iowa i just i just wasn't meeting them and i was always explaining myself and what i was doing and i felt like you know like i said fish out of water you know out of place so again working on my business uh on my degree it's time to write a business plan, a social, uh, a marketing strategy. And I coupled that with my desire to have an event that I loved being at and hosting one right there in the Midwest for all the people to enjoy locally. <laughs> we just didn't have one. It was like Colorado, West coast, East coast, mm-hmm. Florida, mm-hmm. all these places. And it was a huge trip for anyone in the Midwest to go to something like that. So so I wrote my business plan for class and my business plan was a, uh, you know, tiny house festival. And I had to work through all of the, the details um, of starting a business and, and owning a business and budgeting and all that for class. So worked out really well because then I was ready for a tiny house festival. How did, how did the first festival go? It went really well. I, I enjoyed it so much. I mean, I was crazy busy and, you know, out of my brain half the time, but I still, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, it was a great solid event. I'm a systems person, so I didn't go crazy with all the extras. I made sure that the essentials were in place and that everyone was taken care of. And so the event itself went well, but I just loved seeing everybody come together. And one of the things that happened is I was no longer a fish out of water because it became my job to every single day talk to as many people as I could about tiny houses, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. granted, we always talk about them. Us tiny house people talk about them all the time anyway, or at least we, we feel can, like it. We but when it becomes your job to, to introduce do it them all the time, <laughs> yeah. I'm meeting people. There was somebody building a tiny house in my own town. Wow. There was somebody building a really awesome one in the town next door. And she <laughs> was like single at my age and it was gorgeous. And, you know, we're like, wow, where are all these people? And, they were contacting me. I have one too. Or in, sometimes they're hidden. Um, yeah. People aren't wanting to be too upfront about their tiny house. Maybe they'll get removed from their location if they do. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they just didn't have other people to talk to. So it gave us all a way to connect. And that was awesome. That was really great. Cool. So I want to talk a little bit about your tiny house build. You made reference. It's 87 square feet. Um, from having built 
you know, more than one at this point, I understand the sort of introspective nature um, associated with designing a tiny house or building a tiny house and sort of saying, what do I want my life to look like? Did you build your own tiny house and why did you only build it 87 square feet or why did you decide to live? And that's, that's smaller than our studio or about the same size as our studio here. So um, talk, can you talk a little bit about your tiny house build itself? Sure. It's really easy. Um, I paid somebody else. <laughs> build over right now. Just kidding. <laughs> I, I didn't, I did not build, build mine. Um, and that was an area that I knew I would have to learn, which I'm all about learning, but it was like, I'm working on this degree right now. And if I try and learn all that, it's going to be two years before I have a tiny house. And I was also worried that if I built it myself, it sort of might look like an eighth grade shop project because <laughs> it would be the first time I'd ever done this. Um, just knowing my own capabilities at this time or at that time. So anyway, I got on, um, you know, looking on all the sites and I, I looked on Craigslist and I found one on Craigslist down in Kentucky and drove down there and checked it out. And I just felt like that was, that was the right fit and was as good as I could get to match my desires with the funds that I had. So one of the things I gave up is that architectural value that I really value, you know, the architectural style that I value. So um, mine's not, you know, doesn't really look a lot like a quaint little house, but the inside where I spend most of my time is very um, comforting to me and, and suited my needs. Do, Do you have pictures? Do you have pictures of your tiny house online? I do. And, you know, I've lived in it for two years now. So most of the pictures are like from two years ago. <laughs> Where can one go to get to, them? I need to resurrect some because people ask, you know, do you have an indoor picture? And I'm like scrolling through my phone from two years of adventures and trips and good times with my friends and scrolling, 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 you know, forever to get back to the, to the um, pictures of the inside of the house. So where, where can someone see well, them? Um, maybe on my, on my Facebook, there are probably some, but also that t-shirt company I started is called tiny on just O N and tiny on.net in the about section. And I created that page. I did put a few photographs of the inside and, and one of the outside. Great. Um, so, you know, it's evolved a little bit since then, but, um, but Yeah. So the size there, there. really was a matter of sort of like necessity is the mother of invention, mm. right? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it was a mix. I didn't give up on everything. And I did intentionally go for a very small. It wasn't like, well, I only have this much money, so I get a fraction of a tiny house. Um, so I I did want to be mobile. Again, not real confident in my, in my um, abilities to pull one of those big houses, right? I'm looking at them. 13 and a half feet tall and they just look so massively tall. Mm-hmm. I thought I'm really not well-versed at pulling. I pulled a U-Haul trailer when I moved from Oregon back to Iowa, one of those little five by eights. I pulled that across the country. So you'd think I'd be an expert, but guess what? I didn't back up once. Right. Not oh, once. Really? Right. I didn't. I made sure I could pull in and pull out. So I, <laughs> my trailer skills are not there yet. It, They're you, getting there. Your tiny house. So I, I, I wanted portable 
you know, I wanted to be able to move around. And again, it was just me. So I've got, I have a single bed. All right. I'm, I'm little, I fit. It's okay. You know? <laughs> um, so it was, it was a compromise to get the house that I had, but it wasn't a huge compromise. Just a few things had to go. Cause you can't always have what you want when you want it. Your tiny house. Most of the time. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> Your tiny house dimensions are look similar, at least in the pictures, look similar to Artisan Josh's uh, tiny house. Super compact. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything within reach kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Right, right. And it's a great size, but I do, um, I've, like I said, I lived in there two years. Everything's working out really well. Um, I do, that up. not everything's working out really well. <laughs> But the space itself is doing is doing well. Okay, I have to I ask. What's not working out very well? <laughs> well, when I bought my tiny house, I did not do my due diligence on the builder. Uh-oh. So it's not a professional mm. builder, you know, kind of somebody that did it in their yard kind of thing. And um, yeah, I, I got what I paid for. So it has had several issues, which have been great learning experiences. I've learned a lot about plumbing. I've learned about electricity. Um, I've learned about roofs and why they leak and how they leak. And I've almost learned how to stop them from leaking. Um, I've learned about axles and how much weight you can put on them. I mean, it's been, it's been a wonderful learning experience. How That's much the did best you, spin I have yeah, ever I know. It was really good. <laughs> Virtually everything went wrong, it sounds like. So how much did you pay for your tiny house? And we're not making I, fun of you. We're just curious. No, it's okay. Okay. Yeah. I paid $10,000 and it was delivered. And that included oh, it being delivered. That's nothing. So, <laughs> I know, but I told you I got what I paid for. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, I, yeah, I get that. Is, is it warm? Well, it was nothing. Sorry. And again, it was a couple of years ago. That things were less. I mean, it has solar. That's okay. why I love my little tiny okay. house. Okay. I am, <clears throat> I am going to build a different one, and I, I, I'm going to get to the, you know, the dream that I had started with that I compromised on a little. But I think about that, and then I go into my little tiny house. And I'm like, oh, but I do like this about it, and I like this about it, and I like <laughs> the way this feels. So it's, it's not a horrible place at all. I, I enjoy a lot of it. So again, <laughs> just. Yeah, we're not laughing yeah, at, we're not you. Laughing at you. We're, we're just sort of, you. we're just sort of, you know, um, I guess you would call it amused at, at, I guess you would call it amused. So just a couple of shows ago, remember um, Sheena and Ross, they paid over $60,000 yeah. for theirs. Yeah. And they had to completely yeah, gut it right. to the studs. That's right. So it, it's sort of oh, like yeah. a roll our eyes, yet another story, you know, about a less than, um, less than, you know, a phenomenal build situation mm-hmm. i guess you call it. but right so um so you've been living in this tiny house uh, now for how long then what you moved in 2016 uh yep so almost two years because it was like february of two, 2016 right so almost two years mm-hmm. and we're friends so i know what's next you Uh-oh. just bought a mm-hmm. new or a truck definitely not new is it definitely not new what's the name of the truck it is again? almost as old as me yes what's the name of the truck <laughs> I have a little thing for, for vintage trucks and vehicles and kind of funky things. So I bought a 1970 International Lodestar. <laughs> and this truck would be used, um, a lot of them are grain trucks. They are, they're used for hauling 
mine was um, formerly a fire truck. So it had a water tank on the back, a big, huge water tank. Um, and so it's really, it, it's really strong and powerful and hefty, but I'm going to say right now, I can't help it. It's really cute. <laughs> yeah, it's bright yellow. Didn't it have a name? Haven't you like named it or have a moniker or I something? I did. Yeah. I named it already. A friend of mine had, had mentioned online, I love that color of buttercup yellow. And I thought, oh, okay, buttercup yellow. Well, you know, I have two girls and, I, and, and we're kind of fun. We say things all the time like, hey, what's up, buttercup? And <laughs> we sing that song to each other, you know, why do you build me up, buttercup? And so the, <laughs> the word resonated with me. And um, I was going out to dinner that night with Jay. We're looking around, where are we going to eat? And the first place we saw was the Buttercup Diner. And we went look all over for a place to eat, decided we're going back to the Buttercup Diner. And I'm like, this is like Buttercup Day in yeah. my mind, yeah. and what I'm seeing. And so I think this truck is going to be Buttercup. How, so that's what I named her. So you're going to, so I have pictures of this thing loaded up on the internet and it's a massive looking kind of vehicle. Are you, what are you going to do? You're going to put a house on the back or something? So I'm going to um, build a house on the back. Um, and one thing that I am planning to do is, is build it so that it can be removed. You know, a lot of houses are built on that trailer and they're kind of built a part of that trailer. Like you can't separate the house and the trailer anymore with a tiny house. I'm going to build mine so that it could be removed off the back. So if there is some kind of major structural issue or change in my life or the darn truck just totally conks out and it doesn't make sense to put a ton of money into it. I still can salvage one piece or the other being the truck or the house mm. or change one piece or the other. That's so a good idea. Actually. Thinking ahead. I wonder if you could fit a casita on the back of that. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> you probably could. <laughs> How much did you pay for that truck? A thousand dollars. It's wow. so damn adorable. Is it really? Yeah, it, it's, it runs. It's so adorable. It runs. However, okay. it's kind of slow though. It Renee, you want to tell the yeah. story? It's a little slow. Yeah, I, I um, bought it online, and um, it, like government service, I bought several vehicles through through government um, service auction site. So, um, it was two months before I could go pick it up. Though, so I was so excited when I finally got there, and. I had been at a mechanic shop. They did a couple of things to it um, while I was off gallivanting around the country for a while. And I put that key in and turned it and that little puppy just fired right up. It was great. <laughs> I saw so, the video. Um, mm -hmm. it, does, <laughs> it does have things that need to be worked on. As you might um, imagine. As you I might have imagine, things that need to be worked on. 47 years old. <laughs> I'm 48 and I have things that need to be worked on, but yeah. you know, <laughs> so, um, one thing is, is that it was designed to carry a heavy load. It was not designed to go down the interstate. Right. Oh. So it really loves to travel at like 45 miles an hour. <laughs> and that's nice. And it doesn't like to travel much faster than that. <laughs> um, that's just really not going to work. The first thing that I'm planning to do with my truck is drive it to California. Well, what is it? What is Shut it that up. keeps it from driving faster? Is I hope you're not planning on, on something. I hope you're not planning on being there before 2019 <laughs> at right? 45 miles an hour in the slow road. <laughs> what is it that keeps well, it from? Yeah, go ahead. You know, one thing is um, engines in 1970 were not designed to go as fast as they were today. Oh. Another thing is it was designed to haul a load, not 
designed to be. It's not a sports car, right? I so see. the other, you know, you can get into technicalities like the gear ratio mm. um, is, uh, I don't remember what the gear ratios. We were looking at improving it and, you know, uh, even a four or five gear ratio was a big improvement. So there's the mechanic, the, basically the mechanics of it Got and it. what it was designed to do. Okay. So, interesting. yeah, just like a tractor, you're mm -hmm. not going to go hauling off. Luckily, it goes faster than a tractor. Not much. <laughs> so this so we, is you know, this is an aggressive project for someone that admits they don't know how to or didn't know how to build. Have you picked up some skills, or are you just inspired, or is there um, something else um, that has happened? Right, like <laughs> right? who does this? I picked up three things. One is I picked up some confidence, oh. and in my ability to learn this and to do this. Right, so. Um, I've also picked up a lot of pointers in the last couple of years and seen a lot of different things and talked to different people. So I've, I've, I've picked up this whole community of people that I can turn to and, and get help. And then I've, I've picked up a friend who will help me build. <laughs> That's somebody that I know I can rely on to guide me in the right way and to actually, you know, be there so that I, I don't do something really dumb basically that's gonna cause a lot of extra time a lot of extra you know i, I want to learn i want to learn how to build things so i don't want to hand it off to a builder yeah but i don't want to do it all on my own because i'm not that confident in my skills and it would take me so long you yeah. know yeah i'd have to spend so much time it's learning a whole new trade and a whole new business yeah. and i'm just i, I got other things going on man mm. i don't need to learn all that i just mm. i do want to learn enough though that i can really take care of it well myself, handle things when they happen. And that's, you know, that's a great thing too. With this little tiny house, if something goes wrong, I don't run to the phone and call the plumber. I'm like, okay, listen, there's only like eight feet of line. I can figure this out. I might need to call a friend, you know, phone a friend, but I can figure this out. So, um, yeah, I can, I can figure this out. Interesting. It's a pretty common desire. I see. Now I, I have to admit, I sort of laugh at the whole thing. Like, hey, um, I need someone to help me design my tiny house, and then they're gonna teach me how to build it. And then if I can't, I want them to finish it. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, my as as our listeners know, my boyfriend Mark is a contractor and a framer. Our deal, however, is. Um, I show him the pile of money, the pile of materials in the trailer, and then I go away until he's done with, I mean, he can't, he can, he's not really good at sort of the instruction thing. Um, or, and similarly, I have another friend right now. She actually just purchased a trailer and some sips and she, um, had done so because again, she doesn't, she wants to be able to do as much as she can on her own. At the same time, however, it's like, where do I start? Yeah. So it's a it's a real it's a pretty rare thing if you find a scenario where you get to actually help, but at the same time you you can depend on someone else. Most contractors charge more. <laughs> They're going to charge you more when money if helping. you want to help. Yeah, exactly, because you're a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I What's get reminded like that when all the, the time. Kids want to help you do something. It's like easier if you just just get out of the way and let me get this it, done. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, exactly. It's great for the kids to learn, but it takes so much more patience and time and coordination you can't just do it get it yeah. done you know so yeah no i'm i feel really um really very very lucky to have you know someone that and the right person that can really 
help but not take over. Yeah. Uh, he's a, a great instructor. Um, so I feel like, yeah, it, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm just really lucky in, in a lot of aspects of my life. So Renee, um, what is your, do your kids know where you live? <laughs> yeah. What do they think about that? Well, um, they, they kind of had different opinions, each of them when they saw it. My, my older daughter, when she stopped for the first time, she's kind of looking around with those strange eyes, like, this is it. <laughs> she said, it, it's not a house, it's a room. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's a small room. So so her favorite joke was we, we'd be um, at my brother's house next door. I'm really lucky that I was able to pull my tiny house up in between my family's properties. They, like, My folks have two acres next to my brother who has two acres. And I plop that little house right in between. And so I have people that love me around me, you know, yeah. and they have their space and I can go say, Hey, or I can stay in mine. So it's not like I live, you know, with them, but uh, she'll say, mom, go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just getting back at me for all those years, you know, go to your room. Um, my other daughter walked in and, you know, she just looked around and her eyes lit up and she said, Oh mom, it's so you. It's, it's so you. And she, of course, was thinking to herself, and I think she probably said later, I would never do that. That's way too small. You're kind of crazy. <laughs> she recognized that it was so me. Yeah. I'm happy you're happy. Is, oh, what was that? I'm happy you're happy. We're all good, right? Yeah. Right, right. And the great thing is, is since then, my older daughter um, has started talking about, um, you know, tiny houses. And she actually sat down, her her fiance sat down with Jay and, and worked in, tried to um, come up with a design that worked for them. So she's actually the one that was like, oh, it's a little, it's a room, you know, she's kind of come around. Mm. So that's been really kind of fun to see, you know, see that change that she was inspired. Have you started designing the one that's going to sit on top of the bed of the truck? Oh yeah. Over and over. Right. (laughs) Yes. um, I, I have started designing it. I just haven't, gone to every detail you know um so it's kind of a rough design rough plan Mm -hmm. and um kind of like you know what i'll get to all the details when i get there the Mm -hmm. time right now is to get this vehicle in in a good shape to get to get across the country so right now it's still in tennessee i'm going to drive it to iowa as soon as it's there's a a different mechanic now that's a little more knowledgeable in, in doing a few things to the to the truck to um, help it be more highway ready. Mm-hmm. So drive it to Iowa. I'm going to take the tiny house that I have, which has a faulty axle, one of those shoes, mm. cut that axle off, have the, okay, I am not going to do that. <laughs> I am not going to cut the axle off. I will have someone cut the axle off and mount it on the back of Buttercup. So I have a little temporary mix there. Mm-hmm. And then I will drive it across the country with one of my tiny house friends, a girl's road trip and get to California and then I'll take it back off. So what I'll have is a place to live in while I build the house. So, so I, I, so this is going to sound like a man trying to tell you not to do this, but Michelle is over here cringing. So I can safely say that it's not just the guy that's having this response to what you're saying. Not just man. Are you crazy? I'm cringing at the logistics of how the fuck do you figure out how to strap a house I know. to a truck? Yeah. So, so uh, that you can live in it too while you're crossing the country in a vehicle that only goes 45 miles an hour. <laughs> right? Oh, that's wow. how many hotel rooms I'm saying. 
waving. <laughs> I think as a joke, he she yeah, should I really bolt a uh, rocking chair to the top. Just totally as a, as a joke. I've tried to think through things. And so um, my tiny house with, that I'm going to be, I will sell it when I'm done with my new one. Um, it what? will sell much, much better in... Can you just walk away? Yeah, just yeah. Walk, walk away. away from no, it. don't walk away, Renee. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm just, we're just kidding. <laughs> okay. Um, I know that song. You have a nice no, voice. I, I, was, I fixed things, man. They're fixed now, except that roof. But anyway. And that axle. Little things. <laughs> and that electricity and just that plumbing. It's Actually, it's tiny house flipping is a new industry that's coming around. So maybe you can start a new brand. Yeah, tiny house flip off. There we go. Yeah. No, just kidding. Yeah, so oh boy. Um, <laughs> I'll be able to finish the, the things that need to be fixed. I mean, it really is a good house. Uh, like Ross and Sheena, they're fixing that one that had all those problems. And it's going to be awesome because they now know how to make it good. The person that started didn't, but they do. So it'll right. work out well, right? Right, right. So I'll be able to sell mine much better in California. There are many, 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 many more people looking for a tiny house and especially one that's small. That's true. I don't know of another person in Iowa that. that and they're high. Yeah. So, yeah. Plus it's not insulated as well as needed in Iowa. It's supposed to be like eight degrees in a couple of nights. Oh, geez. Yeah. It's insulated, but not that well. Mm. So, well, even Tennessee's starting to get cold, right? Again, I was talking to Sheena yesterday. It's starting to get cold there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So California, it'll be, it'll be great. So, so anyway, have a place to live while I build. The build could take a while, so it'll be great to have a place to live. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really, when I'm done. I think you're brave. Yeah. I, think I think you're brave too. Super aggressive, super brave, super creative. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, which is kind of the theme of the tiny house movement in general, yeah, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Pirates. Mm-hmm. Pinch of tiny, or crazy in there, right? That's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> it's right. a word I used to describe myself on Facebook this morning. <laughs> yes, I'm crazy yeah. for doing all this. Well, thank yep. you very much for taking your taking time out of your <clears throat> crazy schedule, crazy life to spend with us today. I really, really enjoyed to, to the opportunity to hear some more of your background story. Yeah, thank you. It's been really fun, and I'm I'm just looking forward to this year. Like when I get out to California. We're going to be doing a Tiny Fest California and another Tiny Fest Midwest here in Iowa. So it's going to be an awesome year um, with with more festivals and more coming together and and a new house and new place and all kinds of stuff. Sounds yeah, one like yeah, one last shout out. What exciting. day? Uh, what day or weekend is Tiny Fest California? You called it. Yeah, so Tiny Fest California and Tiny Fest Midwest are happening on the same day, and also that day. Um, United Tiny House Association is doing a festival in Virginia and we're all connecting them like tiny houses all the way across America right so we'll simulcast some of the speakers and activities from one site to the others so we're just bringing the whole country together on June 15th through 17th girl you don't play around when you do something (laughs) I don't and then I'm coming to you guys I'm coming up to um, so after the June event um drive a buttercup up to Portland. Portland and I'll be doing an event there August 17th through 19th and then and I'll be hanging out in Portland for a while nice. and then after that I gotta hear I gotta I gotta wait I'm gonna watch Perry's 
look on his face when you tell us what is happening after the Portland event? Oh, um, a bunch of tiny house people are going to caravan from Portland down to Burning Man together. Oh, geez. <laughs> That'll be a first. Yeah. Thank you very much wow. for, the, for your time today. That oh, was my awesome. Word. <laughs> All right, you guys. You, you guys being the audience, thank yeah. you so much for listening. This was a wacky show. It was really fun. Um, join us next week because we'll have another show. I can't promise it'll be as good as this one was, but. Sure, well. <laughs> sure. We're getting better every week, We are, right? actually. See you, everybody. Bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sightcast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. 